This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, the mighty Del Lago Resort and Casino, my friends. I love Del Lago. I would move into Del Lago if, the, if they I had that. Like, if I could combine two rooms, I might I'd make one room Robin's closet. Would you do hotel living if you could? Um, I, you know, I've spent 25, 30 years of my life doing it. I know. I, I love hotels. I even... Like not, I, lo- not. I love being well. In it's hotels. a lot of money, though. Yeah, I know, it. but 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 there are like I know a lot of particularly actors, believe it or not, because they're so used to staying in hotels that as they get older, you know, the Bella Lugosi, you know, story where the guy just moved into a hotel and they get such a great rate because they guarantee month long um, service. But somebody comes and cleans your room every day, every day, you know, every day. Bring food, These right little mints. You. you couldn't do it. No. I don't like thinking about all the naked butts that have been and everything in that room. Well, but, but if it's yours, well, not before it's me. Your naked butt. If it's somebody else who's been there, like those office chairs, you know how many naked buttholes have been on that thing? Oh my god, just disgusting fat businessmen. <laughs> how do you go through life? <laughs> I'm telling you. Dude. So, so when he met his wife, he went, "I want to know every guy's name. <laughs> I want to see their penises." No, I don't care about that. I, I just like you don't care about that. Like you look at the carpets in there. What kind of Fluids are in there. Yeah, there's formunga cheese. You're though. not gonna live in a micro hotel, though. You're the, even the nicest, <laughs> yeah, even right. the nicest yeah. hotels. You live on the on the travel lodge <laughs> on, the, on the bad side of town. Even the nicest hotels have naked butts everywhere in the in the room. You know it. Naked butts. Don't lie. Terrible Don't lie problem. to yourself. You, you know re- it. You ready for my story? I love to hear it. So we're talking about okay. the guy who jumped a limousine and now he's flown a rocket. He's flown a rocket. Uh, Crazy Eddie or something. His name. What's the Mad, Mike. Mi- Mad, Mad Mike? Mad Mike. Mike yeah. Mad Mike. Is he like Super Dave? Super Dave Osborne. Yeah. I loved Super Dave. I loved that guy. I used to go to golf tournaments. He'd be there. He wore the suit the whole bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I loved him. I loved uh, Super Super Joe Einhorn. Do you remember, I remember him? that guy? No. Super Joe Einhorn. E I N H O R N. I think it is. I mean, Check I'm an out. evil Knievel guy from way back. This guy's like a Knievel type. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, evil Knievel, when he jumped the Snake River, was the greatest. But there was Super Joe Einhorn. <laughs> he looks like John Holmes. Yeah, look at, him. <laughs> look at that guy. How about that dude? Huh? Remember him? I like that guy. He was jumping stuff. He was crazy. It was a so, whole thing of these guys jumping things. Oh, yeah. There was an era where, you know, yeah, if you, the got on 70s. The, yeah. you got on the bike, you could drink it up, and yoo Now, from that was born... World's Dumbest, the TV mm-hmm. series I did for years. Because guys, what you don't realize, when guys drinking it up down in Mississippi, Alabama, and they decide that they're going to jump their Toyota Tercel. Oh, hell yeah. And they go, and I mean, you yeah, know, I, I know I could jump this lake or whatever. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and you look at it, and, and, and the dude goes, and, or these kids on bicycles, mm-hmm. and they're going to jump over. And really, like the, the videos we would get were really really bad i mean like guys with bones breaking out yeah. of their skin yeah mean, that's crazy just stuff. gross so i'm doing a movie called curse of the corn people okay <laughs> i remember it well it was, oh, it was academy it was, it was, it was, it was, yeah. no it was an nbc pilot uh-huh. i believe nbc or cbs i can't remember but the 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 premise of it was it was these kids in kansas and they decided that they wanted to make, uh, it was about them making movies and making, so it was a series mm-hmm. that was going to go on every week. So the pilot, and I played like the stunt guy in the, in the, of, of the kids. I was, I was pretty young. It was yeah. early in my career, like, like 30 playing 25. Um, so 
in it, I have to take a hearse. Now, I this is like one of my first stunts I've ever had to do really right. in a movie. And so they tell me, all right, now, Daniel, listen, you take the limo and you drive it up. You know, you get it up to like 40 miles an hour. We'll have the radio. We've got cameras in here and everything else. And it, you get, as you approach the ramp, and it was a big, long ramp that I'm jumping this like barranca, this chasm. Mm-hmm. Pretty big, you know, probably a uh, hundred feet. You know? And there's <laughs> no stunt guy to no, do no, this? No, 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 So, so... I'm supposed to take the car up to the ramp yeah. and stop. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm thinking to myself, dude, I could totally do this <laughs> to myself. They right? cleared you to do this. No, You're just going to no, do it. Oh, I have nice. no qualifications. Fine. Now, what I don't realize is when they're actually doing it, they've got a modified second black limo that they stripped all the all the oh, seats and, 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 and they put in like a six cylinder, really ultra light yeah. engine, so that it, so I go screw them. I'm taking it home, right? Because you want to so, make a name for yourself? Are you You're kidding like, I'm going to yes. impress these guys. I'm the stunt guy. I'm in character. I'm, I'm jump going. This right now. I'm jumping it right now. So I turn around and I and I click the walkie inside there and I say, hey, don't turn those cameras off. And he goes, ah, yeah. Don't do anything cute, Baldwin. But when I'm like, just keep the camera rolling. And I take off. I get this thing up to like, it's supposed to be doing like 30. I get it up to 70. And I just take off up the ramp. I go, it takes off beautiful, and then immediately the gravity. engine, the <laughs> yeah, little thing called gravity. Yeah. No, but the engine's like this big 500 cubic yeah, inch. Yeah, of course. It immediately go, it goes up and then drops straight down, yeah. and I smash. I get about pretty close. So, you know, I, 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 I can see the other I mean, side. I got pretty I can close. see the other side, yeah. and then I just nosedive, hit the ground, and slam into the wall that's there. Uh-huh. That's all like rock and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, out, I'm out in the desert. <laughs> yeah. And I absolutely destroy the car. I mean, crunch it. So they come out, they're like, right away, first thing they're worried about is he okay? And I get out, you know, shaking my head off, you know, did I make it? You know, like like the idiot, do you remember uh, in, uh, what was it, Parenthood? Yes. <laughs> Keanu yeah. Reeves goes, yeah. did I win? You yeah, know? yeah. So I get, and they were so bad. They would have absolutely fired me had they not been that far into the shoot. They couldn't replace me because it was like a like a six-week shoot and yeah. I was four weeks in. <laughs> yeah. And there was no turning around and reshooting everything I was right. doing. They were so pissed. I had my agent call me. Did you crash a car? What happened? But I'm like, man, I thought I could make it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so so naive and stupid to like how technical it is. Yeah. And that they had, and so they they show me on the back of the truck. They're like, dude, this is the truck that's going to make the jump, the car. And I looked at them. I'm like, well, it's the same car. They go, no, it's not. It's been completely modified. It has special tires. It has yeah. special shocks. It's made to jump and. Yeah, now we got to go find another because there were more you scenes. This one, yeah. Well, we, I've destroyed it. Yeah. So they already had a backup, you know. But but yeah, they were they were really wow. pissed. They did not charge me or anything for it. But uh, needless to say, that pilot was not picked up. It did not enhance Does my career. Does that footage in any way. exist anywhere? Have you jumped in that limo? I think they went back, obviously, and had to reshoot it with sure. the stunt guy in it because it, it, in the movie I successfully make the jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can Google "Curse of the Corn People," I'm sure, oh, <laughs> and see exciting. and see a young Daniel Baldwin <laughs> for your ladies out what there. A stupid title! Yeah, I know, the dumbest, the dumbest title. When, when my agent said to me, "They want to offer you Curse of the Corn People," I went, "Well, it's a horror film, right?" Who's like, <laughs> <"What?"> <laughs> flipping their TV guy? <laughs> oh, Curse of the oh, Corn yeah, People! Don't want to miss that. Listen, man. I don't, I don't want to miss a minute of Curse of the Corn People. <laughs> no, you wouldn't want to miss it. Nor would you have wanted to miss the paycheck for Curse of the Corn that People. That wasn't true, know? yeah. Because for those six weeks' work, it was six figures. By the way, Curse of the Corn Super people. Joe Einhorn. 
ditches. He jumped fifteen buses for the world record and ditches the bike as it lands and gets up and walks away. He slides on his back down the ramp and it's how he got up and walked away from this. Do we got that video? Yeah, it's the most amazing. Yeah, he jumps. Dude, I love stunt guys. Look at Super Joe. Ready? I used to have. He goes. I used to have so many. I, I used to have so many. Look at oh my! And he got right. Look at him. Yeah, he slid on his over back all the way down. Fifteen buses. Slides on his back. He's got the American flag leather outfit on though. You got to. This was so I told big you, it in was the seventies. It was so. But people were jumping look the Grand look, Canyon. Look how badass and, this guy is. Yeah. What about the Snake River one? The evil did. Can evil did on a, like a rocket bike? Curse of the Corn People would have been nineteen eighty-seven. You played the role of Guppy. Guppy alongside. Catherine Keener was in this. Yes. Who? Yes, and who else? Uh, uh, Rachel S- Sweet, uh, John Turleski. I don't know any of these people. Kelly Williams. Did they even make it? <laughs> Catherine Keener's a name, right? She's Catherine a name. Catherine Keener? She's done things. She's lovely. She's beautiful. She was in Being John Malkovich and The 40-Year-Old Virgin and all that stuff. Yeah, what, what, Trileski, John Trileski, why does that name sound so familiar? Because uh, you did Curse of the Corn. <laughs> no, 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 something happened afterwards. What does Trileski got? He uh, was in the Guardian, the Pandora Project, Deathstalker 2. He was oh. in the Pandora Project? Who else is in the Pandora Project? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going down a, this wormhole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who else is in the Pandora Project? You. Of did, course I am. <laughs> I am the Pandora Project. Did you guys have the toys? Of Evil Knievel and stuff. No, as a it was kid. after my time, but I know of them, and they're. I'm, I used I to have it. a little like trailer that opened up, and the bike would come out. You had evil it all. Knievel, you were yeah. way into evil, huh? If yeah. There's two different Evil Knievel documentaries out right now. One Johnny Knoxville made, and there's just another one, but it just shows how miserable his life was. He was not a good dude. Well, didn't no, he was not good. But didn't his son follow up for a long time? Tried to, yeah, right. still does. Yeah, like the son of Evil Knievel, but. There was a point son where of evil. son of evil, I think, what he goes by, yeah. But there was there was a point. I forget what happened, but Evil Knievel did something really dumb. I think he beat a guy like so. This guy writes a book about him, and then he beats him with like a golf club or something. And then they stopped carrying his toys because he was violent, and then he went broke. He died penniless. He didn't have any money. Did he die penniless? Yeah. You know, there's when you look at the number of guys, and, and a lot of this, not that I'm necessarily going to say he was an athlete, but an entertainer or whatever, and you think about the ungodly amount of money that they made. I mean, back in the day, if this guy had put away 5% of his money, mm-hmm. he'd be made. You yeah. Know? I mean, he made a That was no joke, man. These guys made some dough sometimes to do this <laughs> stuff. That televised jump that he did over the Snake River Snake Canyon, River Canyon. Was, a, was a seven-figure payday for him. He made $6 million for the Snake River Canyon jump. Right. It was a seven-figure payday. Mm-hmm. Six million bucks. To get you know why? Yeah. It was a... The equivalent of watching a rocket launch. What are you waiting for? When you go to a race, an auto race, are you really going to watch... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you right. Know, I mean, when you're in an indie race, mm-hmm. the car goes by you, you can barely see the number yeah. on the car live. It's on TV. You're allowed to hold that and see it. So are you going Are you going to hear, oh, no, track number three. Ah! You know what I mean? And the fiery and then see if the guy made it. I mean, that's that's car racing. Well, there was a rumor, it's too, death-defying. that he bailed on the Snake River jump like because it just went down. Because he had already been paid for it, and he knew he wouldn't make it, so he didn't want to look 
you know, like he wasn't great at the Snake River camp. So he made it. So the because what happened is the parachute came out too early, right. which is why it did that. There's a rumor that he did that so that it wouldn't look like he failed the jump. Like, well, isn't that the uh, uh, the right stuff that he that he blew the escape hatch while they were in the water? Was sure. It? See, who was it? it was uh, uh, Grissom. Mm-hmm. John uh, Gus, Grissom. Gus Grissom. Gus Grissom. Gus Grissom. The, the explosive bolts that they put on the hatch. He landed in the in the uh, ocean and supposedly blew the hatch, panicking because he wanted to get out. And uh, so so it was rumored, but he says it was a glitch. It went off by itself. Yeah. Let's go to break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about Tony Romo on the PGA Tour. So he made it. So the because what happened is the parachute came out too early, right. which is why it did that. There's a rumor that he did that so that it wouldn't look like he failed the jump. Like, well, isn't that the uh, uh, the right stuff that he that he blew the escape hatch while they were in the water? Was sure. It, see, who was it? Was uh, uh, Grissom. Mm-hmm. John uh, Gus, Grissom. Gus Grissom. Gus Grissom. Gus Grissom. The, the explosive bolts that they put on the hatch. He landed in the in the uh, ocean and supposedly blew the hatch, panicking because he wanted to get out. And uh, so so it was rumored, but he says it was a glitch. It went off by itself. Yeah. Let's go to break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about. Tony Romo on the PGA Tour. Brent Axe 4 to 6, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Yeah, see, further, further conspiracy theories going on right now, but I'm going to get into that later when I have a tweet that went out. Uh, two members of this staff, Josh, Paulie, Matt Park, Brent Dax, with my brackets on it, which everyone laughed, which now I've got two teams still in the Final Four. And uh, I'm looking like I might be somewhere closer to the top of the office pole. But once again, a technicality could keep me out of the, could keep <laughs> me out follow of the business. The rules. Follow, follow listen, the rules. Listen, listen, is Danny Shays on the line? Yes. Danny Shays. Tell them when you're a celebrity, you don't have to have the rules. You, you get certain certain dispensations. Oh, there's no question. What's the point of being a celebrity? Thank you, Danny. Right? Thank you, I mean, brother. that's the whole reason you're a celebrity. Thank you. So, uh, NBA legend, 18-year veteran of the league, Danny Shea's on the phone. We're going to do a little kind of a kind of a wrap-up uh, after an amazing trip to Syracuse, Nebraska, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. You are Speaking of being big time, you are big. You are huge in Syracuse, Nebraska. <laughs> you know what? It is. It's 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 like being on a flight to Asia and having the biggest penis, Danny. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. You are huge in Syracuse, Nebraska. You know, you hear about like when soap opera stars walk through the airport and all the girls go giddy and the guys don't know who the hell they are. <clears throat> well, Daniel Baldwin is is in Syracuse, Nebraska. The biker dudes had bulges and the girls were like, you know, a little googly eyed too. I mean, you had it going on, man. You were. Thank you, you were definitely I, ringing I, the bell in Syracuse. I try to keep my fans Actually, I happy. I think you could have been mayor for the day. You would have you would have given that uh, KC a run for the for the mayor job. You know, what I'm thinking of moving. <laughs> I mean, you probably you might have beat him like 115 to 110 in well, the in the polls. I could have, I could have, I could have taken him out. But KC was a good guy. He's coming to visit you, I hear. I know he's coming out. He's picking up his Harley in Phoenix in a couple weeks. He's gonna. Uh, give me a jingle. Now, I am not a bike guy. The pop is my feet drag on the ground, so I never was very good at biking. Well, your feet are but, the size uh, of the tires. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to getting You're right. KC was a, was a great dude. Then. Not only, well, first of all, military guy, sergeant major, 27 years in, you know, discipline. But he's a, like head in the right place guy, right? He's there to serve. He's there to, 
uh, you know, make the town better, you know, really cleaned up the, just the administration and how the thing works. Uh, you know, pretty hip for a, you know, for a mayor, you know, mid forties and, uh, uh, you know, we had we had a great trip. You know what I liked, but you about- can't forget the double D bar, double D, triple D. What was it? Triple D's, baby. Triple D's. Triple D's. Don't was, ever forget triple D's. The only problem was I didn't get a T-shirt. I didn't get a T-shirt either, but I think I think that they're available to us. Well, he, he, uh, one of the things I really was I liked about uh, uh, Casey, the mayor, was uh, was his. Um, it was forty nine days before the election, and he looked at the way the town was, and he thought, you know what, I'm going to make a run at this because I want to make some changes here. And what he was able to do was he ran on a on a, a foundation of volunteerism, is what he called it. And he said, look, yep. we don't have the money here in this town to really make some significant changes, but we do have the workforce and the people that have the assets that we need. So if we want to put in a new sign, let's go all build the sign and paint it and put it up and do it together. And they've been able to do improvements all around the town based on volunteerism. And it was a great uh, um, uh, uh, running, running. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, platform. Platform. Platform, you're right. Yeah. There it is. It was a great platform. And the, for- and the other cool part about that was that he ran as a write-in candidate. He did. Well, he said that he says I'm not going as a party. I'm not, you know, going to be, you know, in any of that <clears throat> nonsense. He went as a write-in candidate, and you know, just re- you know, got connected to the town. You know, he talked to everybody. You know, very personable, and and one is a write-in. I don't know when I've ever heard that happen. I enjoyed the volunteerism in that town. I volunteered to take about fifty pictures for you guys. Uh, <laughs> you did. I was your personal cameraman. They got he to was. Paul, Paulie was not. You know what? He once he got into it. He was he was he was in, and 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 he had an appreciation for Syracuse. Okay, you know you know you had a good trip because you know what was it? Forty five minutes out, forty five minutes back. Okay, Polly bitched the whole forty five minutes out. All the way back, he goes, "Man, that was great." <laughs> and we just had this cool conversation about the. You know the goings on in Syracuse. Yeah, man, it was really cool. So we go, we go. You know, I mean, I, mean, uh, I, I almost as a part of me wish we lost by fifteen to Duke because we were so close again. You know, we were so close to going to this Elite Eight. Uh, I, I was, I was, uh, I sat with Danny at, at the game, and uh, I was pissed that we lost that game because we. We missed some some really easy dunks, and we missed some you know some other shots. I mean, it was so close—a four-point game. Uh, what was your take on it, Danny? Well, what, what really impressed me about the game. Let's do the positive first. What impressed me is Syracuse imposed their will on everything that was going on. You know, they um, uh, they held the, the tempo the way they wanted. You know, keeping Duke score low. Uh, they didn't get beat on the boards like they did the first time. Uh, they were able to, you know, shoot the ball pretty well, got some decent looks. And it came down to a one-possession game where, as you mentioned, we, you know, kicked away some layups. Really, the turnovers is what got us, way too many turnovers that led to points. Uh, but a key stretch of the game, you know, with, with about two or three minutes to go, we're down three, and two possessions in a row, we get an and one, score the basket, get fouled, and then miss the free throw that would have tied it and given us, momentum, you know, kind of got us over the hump. You know, now Duke was down to scores. Now we're down two. They score three. We're down, or we're down three, then down four. You know, it just, we just couldn't get that extra possession over the hump 
uh, you know, where it came down to the coin toss at the end. And then they made free, you know, made free throws, and we had a hard time, you know, getting getting over that top. Yeah. I don't know. It just was, uh, I, I, you know, that close, man, that close. Ugh. Yeah, see, that's the thing about making movies. It's always a win at the end, right? Because you, you make the script, and it is, the script works out. And at the end of the day, you always, you know, you always get it. Whereas it's a little tougher. You want to coach in here? Like I always thought about rock stars, right? They always cheer rock stars. There's no road. There's no road games where they where the fans boo. Was that Archie? No, it was right? Griff. Or was Griff rather? Yeah. I mean, there's always a home game when you're a rock star. What's your? Are you a Shostakovich fan? Um, sort of. <laughs> sort of. See, I got I mean, like that, it. you know, he's you know obviously a great guy. You know, players love him. Super successful. Um, you know, but he's still the guy in the way of the, you know, the guy in the way of getting it done. Right. So, so, uh, you know, when, when we first went in the ACC, there was this thing about, is there like, can we build a rivalry between Duke and Syracuse? Right. Is that, you know, cause we had Georgetown, we had UConn, we had, you know, all these great rivalries in the big East and, you know, how are we going to like, who's going to be the, you know, the evil guy on the other side and Krzyzewski came out and said no we can be friendly competitors you know we we're going to fight hard you know we're going to try and win every game do what it takes to win but you know we don't have to be you know bad or crappy about it and you know and do all that rival stuff and I'm like well yeah I know but that takes some of the fun out of it I don't know can you be you know it's like when the guy takes your girlfriend and you like him you know it's like uh, how do you like him even if even if you like him right I mean I got I, I, I got issues but I'm going to go to Paulie first go I was just going to ask you, Anna, you were in the league for 18 years. When you look at Tyus Battle, does he have what it takes? To, <clears throat> is is he an NBA player? Well, he's got the tools it takes to be an NBA player. I still think he has to shoot better. Um, but what he does real well, well, number one is he's got what we call the right play, right? He's got the side, the athletic ability. He's got the, you know, the individual skills. Uh, he's shown, you know, tremendous toughness. He's shown the ability to make big shots, which is a huge deal. Um, you know the the big he also can go to the basket strong you know which is a big deal in the NBA. Uh, part two of that is that you know the lines longer the three point lines longer. Uh, today's game you know to be that two man you know you need to be a knockdown shooter. So um, uh, you know so that's something but that's something that can develop over time. So so the the upside is yes I think that as far as having the uh, you know the skill what we you know the, the term the skill set you know he certainly has the the skill set to, to be that guy. I have always had, you know, I had back surgery. I've had neck surgery. I have six steel plates in my, in my, in my neck from triple fusion, but the 94, 95 season still remains a mystery to me when it comes to Krzyzewski and the whole story of, He's got back problems. He's going to sit out the year, but and and he goes the entire season. I, I, you know, I, I don't know anything. I've heard rumors, but that always bothered me that season. There was something about that year that we do not know what really happened. That's how I've always felt, and for that, I've never liked him. <laughs> never liked him. Never liked him after that. Still well, Bayheim's defense, too, by the way. You, know, you can start a, you know, start a campaign and see if you can get the dirt. Get the dirt. I like it. Uh, we're going to go to break. You want to stick around for a minute? Absolutely. All right. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back after this. 
1-2 pitch. Breaking ball, swing and a miss. There it is. A baker's dozen for Jacob DeGrom. Every run hit deep to left field. Home run number three is on the way. And there she goes. Every walk-off. Swing a high fly ball, deep right field. Jay Bruce hits it out. The home of Mets baseball. Conforto towards the alley on the run. Diving. What a catch. Michael Conforto stabs it out of the air. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Win thousands during the $40,000 bonus jackpot dance party every Thursday in March at Del Lago. Slip a card in at your favorite slot and watch your bonus jackpots. Up to $10,000 in bonus jackpots will be handed out each week. Don't miss the bonus jackpot dance party at Del Lago Resort and Casino. Conveniently located off the thruway between Syracuse and Rochester. Must be 21 or older. For help with a problem gambling, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Seems everyone is selling used cars these days. Where should you go? Who can you trust? Looking for that first car? Maybe adding a second car to the family or even a third for the college-bound student. Wherever you are in life's journey, start at the original, the used car and truck warehouse in Drivers Village. It's where you can choose from 500 used every day, from budget price corner lot used to select pre-owned and even factory certified used. Inventory changes daily, so search for yours at dvused.com. See photos of the actual vehicle and schedule a test drive. Have a trade-in? We'll buy it, and you don't even have to buy one of ours. Need credit? We'll help you get it. The original used car and truck warehouse has helped thousands upon thousands of central New Yorkers with reliable quality used cars at warehouse pricing. Get started at dvused.com to find what you're looking for. Then head on over to the original used car and truck warehouse in Drivers Village, Cicero. The IBEW Local 43 and the National Electrical Contractors Association have been a part of Central New York for over 100 years. The IBEW state-of-the-art training facility offers classroom instruction as well as everyday on-the-job construction training. From the Carrier Dome to our local hospitals, malls, schools, and city buildings, Central New York's future is bright, and the IBEW Local 43 will continue to help light, power, and grow our community. IBEW Nika. Ask a pro golfer, and they'll tell you the best way to improve your game isn't a shiny new driver. It's working on the fundamentals with a great coach. The same goes for wealth management. You can get swept up in the slick sales pitch from a commissioned broker or make fundamentally sound decisions with a financial advisor at Rockbridge. Rockbridge's fee-only structure means no commissions, no kickbacks, and no hype. Get a second opinion on your investments from the local fee-only experts at Rockbridge. Visit rockbridgeinvest.com. The roar of an Audi is something that every owner loves. Whether it's older and lovable or the latest technology, A4, A6, A8, S, or Q series, the Audi family has always performed better for their owners when they are well taken care of. Upstate Imports Auto Repair is the area specialist when it comes to your Audi. Their technicians have been through countless hours of training to know the ins and outs of your Audi better than the dealer. Better than the dealer, you ask? There is a complete difference between hiring just any technician off the street and earning one of the seats 
Pizza, Upstate Imports Auto Repair. Those countless hours of training and education are available to care for your Audi for much less than what the dealership charges. Upstate Imports Auto Repair, the guys that specialize in your Audi, is where to get all of your routine service and maintenance. Upstate Imports Auto Repair at the end of 690 in Baldwinsville is the place for your Audi. Trust no one but the experts at Upstate Imports Auto Repair in Baldwinsville. Visit Jeff and the staff today on Route 48 in Baldwinsville for directions or assistance anytime. Visit UpstateImports.com. Buying a new or used vehicle doesn't have to be stressful and time-consuming. Empower Federal Credit Union has the tools you need to make informed decisions about your next vehicle every step of the way. From deciding what make and model are right for you and what you can afford, to getting insurance, determining trade-in value, and securing the most competitive rate on your auto loan. Shop smart for your next vehicle with Empower Federal Credit Union. We go the extra mile. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. Loan approval based on credit worthiness. NCAA tournament coverage is brought to you by IBEW NECA, CNS Companies, and Burdick Lexus on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, Dan Shays, you there? I am here, baby, with Wicked. Daniel the Manual. Wait, no, that doesn't sound right. Dan the Man, Dan... <laughs> Dan the man we'll says, yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So, um, so but it we, rhymes, though. We, we got we, that going for me. Which is nice. Pool or a pond. Um, <laughs> so, so we, 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 we touch a little bit on, and, and I've been saying this, and I want to go out with this uh, and get your opinion on it. And that is that, you know, when I look at Tyus and I look at, you know, what he's accomplished, and, you know, certainly under these conditions with not a lot of people to give, you know, options to look away from him. Um, he's still able to be, you know, one of the top two or three scorers in the ACC on a team that, you know, wasn't, you know, super successful by any means. Um, they fought for every win that they had. And, and but I look at where he would go if he does. And, and he'll probably try his luck. I think that he's probably going to take a look at what the draft looks like for him and make himself eligible, which which he would still be able to maintain his NCAA eligibility as a as an amateur by testing the water a little bit. I just don't see it, Danny. I don't see him going. I think he furthers his career greater to come back to a team that arguably will be will be ranked in the top 10, 11, or 12 if he comes back with the incoming class. What do you think? It's always a tough call. you know. But he, Number one, he absolutely should test the waters. Uh, the hard part is that you don't always get a good look because you got people chirping in your ear. You got people who's got agendas. You know, do they want you out? Do they want you to stay? Uh, but you, you know, but it, at least you go out and test the waters. Yeah, of course you do. You know, and see what's out there. Uh, I agree with you that you know he did have a tough time this year from the standpoint that as the only real option, you know, the, the driving option on the offense, he faced much tougher coverages than he might otherwise. Uh, plus, it's not a high-scoring team. So, you know, getting good shots, is, you know, was was tougher to do because they played a very slow pace and get transition opportunities, that kind of thing. Uh, but certainly showed very well in the ability to, with those combinations, still be in the top couple in the ACC. Uh, the question of the draft, again, the, you know, the guard positions are normally more loaded. But, look, if he, if he can get a first-round look, then, you know, it's probably worth coming out. But, but clearly... As you see, being in the AC, you know, the ACC tournament doing well, being in the NCAA tournament doing well, that's where you showcase yourself and make big moves. If he comes back and you know this, the, you know, the class matures like it could, and you know we are a top ranked team, and and he makes noise, then he's certainly going to help himself. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I think he's going to go out. He's going to take a look because he's not guaranteed money. He's not going in the first round. He's not in any of the supplemental mock drafts or, or any of this stuff right now. I just I just don't see it. And in my conversations with a couple of my friends that are agents, they've said, you know, you he will absolutely test the water and make himself available. Um, but when you look at what he would sign for right now, and some people say, well, do you pass on that money? Well, if that figure is substantially less than him coming back, then the answer is yes, you wait with the only one problem, and that's the risk of injury. So obviously, you know, you can throw it all out the window if he has an injury, but they have insurance policies now and, you know, all the way back to the days of Herschel Walker where they insured both his legs to return after winning a Heisman Trophy for a million. Exactly. And and, and in real life, the insurance policies are tough to collect on for a variety of reasons. You know, they can say, well... You know, your injury isn't why you didn't get drafted. You really, because you suck, or you, you missed a shot, or you only <laughs> shot 35%, whatever. But that's a second conversation. Yeah, you know, the biggest the- conversation is, look, when you get in the, in, the, in the payroll path in the NBA, right, the higher you start, the higher you finish, right? You move up from there. It's tough to go from a low starting spot and then make the jump to the, you know, to the high dollars. Uh, unless you do something spectacular, you know, come from nowhere, make an all-star team or, or do something like that. It happens, but it's less frequent than getting on the right team that wants you in a, you know, a top 15 pick where you're part of the, you know, you're part of the future. They're investing in you. You know, that two spots, a tough spot. There's a lot of guys in it. The risk is you come out too early. You don't get in the machine. You don't get in the routine. You don't get in the rotation. Then, you know, next year, a whole new crop comes behind you. Maybe you get bumped out. Now you're out there looking. You know, it's, it's hard to get back in the system if you're out of it, you know, especially as a two. So it's real important to, to get uh, into a spot up front that's going to invest in you, you know, the time, the energy, and, and really help you develop. Danny, thank you so much, man. Always great to, to hear from you, and, and uh, I'll be uh, getting in touch with you later today. We're, we're done here today, and we will talk to you tomorrow. God bless you.